Welcome to the Care to Change podcast. We are grateful to have you join us today. This month, we are re-releasing some of our most popular podcast episodes. On today's episode, you will hear April talk about toxic relationships from our Real Talk with Church Leader Wives series. Thank you for being part of this conversation, as we hope to offer you practical solutions for positive change. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Care to Change podcast. This is April Bordeaux. I'm so glad that you've joined us. This series has been a little different than our other series and what we have planned for you in the future. We've been focusing on real talk with church leader wives, and we've added in a little bit about being a woman in ministry and what does that mean. And today I want to share with you something that I believe that uh, women who are in ministry, uh, women leaders and church leader wives often face. And and really, if you're a, a male and you're listening to this, this is not unique to just women. So this can apply to any relationship. Today's topic is on toxic relationships and how to recognize different forms of um, toxic aspects that you can experience in relationship. And so it's important because no one gets into a relationship thinking it's going to be toxic. And yet, once uh, we have invested in people um, in relationship, we we find ourselves wondering what's wrong and why are we feeling the way we do when we leave the relationship. And, and sometimes just naming these different types of toxic aspects can be helpful to identify and then to make some change so that you can last in the work that you're doing for the long haul. And that's what's important here. Um, The reason why I wanted to share this today is because if you um, have healthy relationships with people that uh, you are in contact with, close contact with on an ongoing basis, then you can feel full and rejuvenated and um, really have what is needed to stay in ministry for the long haul. And a lot of times being in toxic relationships really just kind of suck the life out of you. So today I want to talk about how to recognize signs of toxic aspects of a relationship and what you can do about that. If you like what you've been hearing, I never thought in a million years I would ever say this, but like, subscribe, comment. Um, And if you want to know more, always check our social media um, sites as well, because um, we provide a lot more information on those as well. So let's get straight into this and talk about how to recognize signs uh, of uh, toxic relationship. This first, uh, and, and I'll put these in the show notes as well so that you have um, the the title or the kind of what we're naming this. And I, I want to also give credit where credit is due. Uh, Cindy Lee, who is the founder of the Halo Project um, out in Oklahoma, uh, she developed a program called Making Sense of Your Past, Making Sense of Your Worth. And in this program, she identifies these different aspects. And so I'm sharing what she has assembled uh, with you. And I would encourage you to look at the Halo Project website as well. They're really focused on um, relationships as a, uh, with parenting. Uh, but this can also um, be helpful for those who are in abusive relationships or relationships where there are power and control issues. And, and so I want to give her credit for assembling this list and it's such a helpful list. So let's jump in. The first one, you, you, you might have heard about this. Uh, it's getting more publicity, I think, in the last couple of years. But it, the term is called gaslighting. And gaslighting, um, 
really, it it came from an old movie back in 1944 called Gaslight. And I won't, I won't spend the time to tell you about the movie, but that's where the term actually came from. But the term actually means to manipulate someone um, for the sole purpose of making them question themselves. So you can, you can go all clinical on this, or you can just say basically the goal is to gain power and control by making you feel like you're doing something wrong. And so an example of gaslighting would be um, there is a disagreement about something and, and the person who would be gaslighting would say, no, that's not at all what happened. This is what happened. And, and the perceptions are so wildly different that the person on the receiving end begins to question, did I get this wrong? Um, can I, am I really getting this wrong? Is, was I that off? And so it makes them to, to really begin to question what's real and what isn't real. And so that's a term called gaslighting. If someone in your life is really changing the perspective of the relationship or, or things that you're doing, how you're spending time together, uh, circumstances, and it's leaving you questioning whether or not, was I in the same place with you? That's an example. And in, it can be very extreme and it can be very hurtful. So I don't want to downplay gaslighting, especially in abusive relationships, but it's definitely a sign um, of a toxic relationship. And I'm going to talk about at the end of this really what to do, because if someone is gaslighting you, um, saying to them, that's not how I see it doesn't always um, yield the result of, oh, sorry, Um, you'll know it's a healthy relationship when you can say to the person, that's not at all the way I view it. And you can communicate the difference and then either agree to disagree or come to terms with that you have different perceptions of whatever the issue is. And so that's a healthy relationship where an unhealthy relationship, the person just doesn't budge on their view of the situation. So the first one is gaslighting. If you're being gaslighted, I would, I would recommend that you reach out uh, for help uh, with someone because that's one that can really um, distract your mind and make you really question your authentic self. And so that's an important one to reach out for help if you feel like you're in that situation. And we can give you some resources if you feel like you're in a relationship that the other person is gaslighting. The second one is a term that's been around for a long time, especially in the clinical field. It's called projection. Projection actually occurs when an individual accuses another person of a behavior or a trait that they themselves don't like or may have in themselves. Uh, So if you think about projection, it's like a, a, a movie projector projects the movie onto the wall. And so the person who's projecting actually sends their own traits or undesirable traits or feelings onto the other person. And so it's usually something about themselves that they don't like. It can be a behavior as well, but they put that onto the other person. So an example is um, if you're in a relationship, a, a marriage relationship, for example, and person one is cheating on person two, and then person two um, accuses person one of actually being the one cheating. You're the one that's cheating and, and really it's they themselves uh, who who is. So um, it's really, or someone is saying, someone's struggling with um, lying. And so they accuse the other person of lying. And it's really because they know that they are lying. Or um, anger management is another one. You're so mad all the time when in reality, they're the one that is actually mad. And so projection is really not being able to own your own space or emotion or behavior. And so if you recognize it and don't like it, you you push it on to another person as their issue, not your own. And so um, again, in a healthy relationship, 
Uh, projection is one where when you say, hey, I'm not angry. Um, I see that you are, and this is how you're showing me in a healthy relationship. Um, that space is created and the two people can have the discussion and there's some insight there. And so the person will say, oh, maybe it, it is me and I didn't mean to put that on you. And so you can have that um, healthy conversation and move move forward and be aware of that. And an unhealthy one, the person just doesn't see um, how they're the ones um, having that uh, emotion or that behavior, showing that emotion or behavior. So again, in a healthy relationship, when this happens, you can address it and communicate and uh, and really resolve it. A third sign of a toxic relationship is is what's called moving the goalpost. And um, how this generally comes out is someone in the relationship is just never happy. It's just never enough. No matter what you do, it's just not enough. So it occurs when one uh, individual in a relationship asks another person to do something or to make change, and then the other person makes the change, but then the first person says, well, but you didn't do. And so it's just not enough. And so I can give you an example. You, you know, you're going to spend some time with me. Uh, and so you plan time, you spend time with the person and they say, well, it was only X period of time. It just wasn't enough. So it's not ever really uh, being able to measure up to the person's expectations. And um, really, this is out of an unmet need, um, maybe some past trauma or whatever, depending on what the goalpost is moving for. But it's important, again, and I'm going to reiterate this every time I, I give you another trait, that in a healthy relationship, creating that space and addressing it will resolve the situation or you can come to terms with it. Oh, that's right. We did spend time together. I was just hoping for a little more. Set the clear expectation up front so that the goalpost isn't moving on me and I can actually reach the goal that you're giving to me. And so moving the goalpost is another one that we see. Um, and the next one is called inducing stress, relieving stress. And this is a little bit different and happens a lot in relationships um, where there are power and control issues, uh, and especially abusive relationships. It's a tactic used to keep you engaged in a close relationship and it's designed to keep you dependent on another person. And so um, what happens is an individual creates a stressful situation and the other person is affected by the stress and becomes distressed. And then the person who actually created the stressful situation solves the problem in order to be seen as the person who relieves the stress and then therefore saves the day. And so it's someone who sort of creates drama, brings you into their drama and then solves their own drama. And you're sort of left with this, wow, okay, um, as if, okay, now what am I supposed to do with this? And so you're kind of just left with that. Um, someone, I'll give you an example. One person says, um, this happened today, it was terrible, et cetera, et cetera. And you say, oh, no, what can I do um, here? How about I, and the other person says, don't worry about it, I'll fix it. I'll take care of it. Okay, so you, you, you asked me to enter into your stress. And then when I offered to help, um, you decided to correct it on your own. And so now I'm in this relationship with you in a, in a stressful situation, but you're correcting it. So it's unnecessarily bringing someone in. Um, it's often done when someone is needing to be appreciated or validated. So usually the underlying need is, um, appreciate the work that I do or validate the work that I do. But it can be toxic uh, and can ruin a relationship if it's not seen um, and addressed. 
Another one which I would be surprised if anyone listening hasn't either experienced this or done this um, because it's awful. And especially with our social media and texting now, it's in, it's an easy one for people to do. It's sort of the silent treatment. Kids call it ghosting. Um, you're in the middle of a relationship or in the middle of a conversation. Someone doesn't like what they see or hear. And then they, you know, what the kids say, they left me on red. And so, you know, they, they, they heard you, but they're not responding to you and there's no reason why. And you can, and you can tell it's usually they don't like what they heard on the other end. And so, uh, silent treatment, it happens in marriages, it happens in friendships, it happens between teens a lot, but this is really a a sign of saying, I'm not going to validate your feelings. I'm just going to ignore them. And so it's hurtful in a relationship. And so it's one to say, um, if you are the one being ghosted to say, you know, and you know, my counsel is always to just say it. Are you ghosting me right now? Um, are you, did you read it? And it gives the other person the opportunity to say, oh no, I had to put my phone down. I had to go do this, or I really need to think about it in a healthy relationship. When you ask the question, are you giving me the silent treatment? Why are you not talking to me? Are you ghosting me? When you confront the person, they will say, I'm really just needing to take the time uh, to process this, but I'll get back with you. Um, and, or I I needed to put my phone down or I had to go to a meeting or whatever it is. Um, usually in an unhealthy relationship, there's not a lot of ownership in that. No, no, I wasn't ghosting you. Um, and and there's just not a lot of ownership in that. The next one, uh, again, we, we hear this a lot and it's hard to tell, especially when you're working with teens, whether or not it's just a kind of an age and stage thing. Um, but it's called the blame game. Um, the blame game is exactly what it sounds like. It's when the person um, wants to blame anything and everything on the other person. It's just not taking any responsibility for um, behaviors. Um, and so, well, I did it because you did this. Um, blaming the other person for everything that they're doing. I can't, I can't do this because you're always doing this. I would be able to do this, but you do this instead. Um, it's, it's really just not taking ownership for your own behavior and emotions. And um, in the helping profession, and the reason why I wanted to go through these, uh, and there's a few more, is because in a, in a helping profession like ministry is, we naturally draw ourselves to help others. We want to be in relationship and have connection. And then before we know it, we find ourselves in these places. And so it's important to recognize these for what they are so that you can address it and either set appropriate boundaries or decide when it's time to sort of cut that loose and move on to a different relationship and and let that relationship belong to someone else. So um, the blame game is one just because it, it's hard. You, you can't force someone um, to accept responsibility. They either are or they aren't. And so in a healthy relationship, again, all of these can be managed in a healthy way just by having the conversation and calling it what it is. The next one, I, I, I find this term an interesting term. It's called love bombing. Um, it's really when um, in an abusive relationship, it's the honeymoon cycle. So there's this power and control, and then there's a big blow up. There's a, an argument, a disagreement, something that doesn't feel right. And so the person showers the other person with affection or gifts or apologies or love notes or whatever it is just to kind of make amends and make it feel better. But it's not a sincere change of behavior and reconciliation in a relationship. It's more of I just want to not lose you. And so I'm going to be extra nice in this way so that you'll stay connected to me. It's called love bombing. 
Um, and it's, it, it is straight part of um, the abuse cycle. And I would encourage you to, to Google, and we can put it in the show notes as well, um, the abuse cycle. But in a, in a relationship that isn't necessarily abusive, this is a toxic sign. When someone just doesn't want to let go, but they're so uncomfortable with the disagreement or the rift that's in between or the dis- whatever it is that now they're going to go overboard showering with affection and, and um, really trying to make it up, for example. Uh, another one is called playing the victim. And we, we hear this a lot, uh, especially in marriages, but, um, but we hear it and we see it with teenagers and we see it in other relationships too. It's really a term used when um, someone tells you something about their story that may or may not have happened, but the purpose of telling is really to get empathy or to gain sympathy. Either one, it doesn't matter, but the, the point of it is to, to really get an emotional reaction Um, and it it was something that has happened. And this is a a tricky one because there are people who are victims. And so we want to take someone who has been a victim, um, very seriously. And we want to validate their experience and create a space for them to have that discussion and to heal, um, and to, to process that. Um, but this is someone who sort of stays in that role of, um, all of the things that's gone wrong. And instead of, um, learning from that and, and turning forward and making change is sort of just stay there um, or create more um, to keep you there. So um, an example, uh, a general example might be, you know, my boss got mad at me today. He just doesn't understand how I grew up without a dad. And so um, it just really triggers me. And how can he just be so cruel to me? And that's sort of a passive way of being a victim, but it's, it's really not taking ownership that you can affect change and make change in your life. And if you're sitting here listening and you're thinking, but this is real, like I do feel like a victim, it's important that you are validated. Um, What I'm talking about is when um, playing the victim is used to get some kind of a response or a reaction, and that's when it becomes unhealthy. Um, Sometimes someone will say, no one really ever appreciates what I do for them. Um, I go above and beyond and no one just appreciates me. That's really just playing the victim. And we have to talk about, well, what's the intent about going above and beyond? Why do you go above and beyond? Uh, Another aspect um, that I want to share with you is denial. And this isn't a new term. I'm sure most of you have heard this as well. Denial um, really refers to when a person denies that they did anything wrong. Um, I, this isn't me, this is all you. And it can be, um, sort of like blaming, but um, without blaming the other person. It's like, nope, it wasn't me. It's someone who doesn't ever say, I'm sorry, uh, because they just can't be wrong. Um, and really, it's just not accepting, again, responsibility for behavior. Uh, and so not being able to say, oh, I'm sorry, even if the behavior was unintentional. And again, in a healthy relationship, when you address this, or you confront someone, they'll say, well, um, that wasn't my intent at all. That wasn't the way I saw it. But I am very sorry that that's the way it came across. That's a sign of a healthy relationship. An unhealthy one would be no, I didn't do it. I don't have to apologize because I didn't do it. That's not the way I saw it. Another um, sign is uh, playing the hero. And um, this is when a person does anything they can to be the person saving the day. And it can be publicly or it can be behind closed doors. But really, it's it's the first person to volunteer for everything. It's the person that um, makes the big donation and wants their name out there. And please don't 
um, misunderstand me if you're the one making the big donation and you want your name out there. Um, it's really the intent behind it. It's the person who's in everything and, um, and really just wants to be the hero um, and could even create chaos to become the hero. We talked about that a minute ago. And this is really a, um, a tactic used so that people become dependent on them. And so it creates a dependency. And again, it's sort of feeling, uh, filling the need that they need to be valuable. Um, and so playing the hero. Another one is really lying or exaggerating. It's exactly what it sounds like. They just really exaggerate something, make something more dramatic to get attention. That's a sign of being toxic, really. Um, and this, uh, there's another one called word salad. Word salad is, uh, has been new to me since I've been going through this uh, uh, program to facilitate this group with uh, Cindy Lee. But word salad is used when a person um, comes to power and control. They begin to question what they said. And in, in, a re- in the response, they just use so many words that the person on the receiving end just gets lost in it. So you say, why were you late today? Or why did you say those words? And instead of them just saying, Oh, I'm sorry, I got caught up in traffic. They're like, well, this morning I did this. And then this afternoon I did this. And then I had to go here and do this. And so then I was doing this. And then it was like, long, 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 like, instead of just saying, Oh, I'm sorry. And so the person on the receiving end just gets um, lamb blasted with, um, with just so many words that they just get lost and like, okay, never mind. Um, and so that's an example of word salad. We've all heard about the next one. It's called guilt tripping. It's pretty much what it sounds like also when a person blames everything on another person and they know that guilt is going to come with this. It's a little bit different than the blame game. This is more of a passive aggressive approach to get someone to do something, um, but they're giving them guilt for not doing it. So it's not necessarily blaming them for something as much as if you would have then Uh, And so it's to get guilt to get behavior from someone. And that's a really toxic trait. Um, And then the last one that I'm going to talk about today, and then I'll I'll say these again, is called baiting. And um, baiting is really um, baiting, or or you can call it fishing or whatever. It's really saying just enough to get the other person to ask more. I can't really tell you, but gosh, so-and-so is in a really bad spot right now. Okay, so why did you bring it up if you can't continue the conversation? Don't bring it up at all. Or baiting by saying, um, I've really had a terrible day, but I just can't talk about it. It's kind of like, why? okay, so you're going to open up this uh, to, to get a, an emotional response, but then completely close down and not um, move forward with that. Um, and so that's considered baiting and it's toxic uh, to a relationship. So I'm going to say these one more time and we'll put these in the show notes. Gaslighting, projection, moving the goalpost, inducing stress to relieve the stress, um, silent treatment, the blame game, love bombing, playing the victim, denial, playing the hero, lying or exaggerating, word salad, guilt tripping, and baiting. And I'm sure that these aren't all of the signs of a toxic relationship, but um, something that could be helpful is to sort of write these down. And if you're thinking about a person that, wow, we just have so much conflict, um, especially if their relationship is abusive. Um, This happens a lot. A lot of these happen a lot. 
But if you could sort of rate, um, you know, one to 10, how frequent this behavior is, and then add it up and kind of see what number you come up with. Is it a high number? Is it a low number? Is it just a disturbing number? One of these can, can be bothersome and really ruin a relationship. It doesn't have to be all of them. Um, but these are all things to look for and then to call them out. And as ministry leaders and church leader wives, I know the heart is to help people. And so when you see this, um, how to disciple someone and to, and to call the best out in them, you know, speaking that truth in love and saying, this is the behavior I'm seeing. Um, I want to talk through what the need is behind this behavior um, so that we can address the need versus this tactic to get that need met. And so again, helping and loving a person through and, and just calling it what it is, is a healthy way to build that relationship and to sustain it. Uh, you'll know when someone is not ready to uh, continue the relationship or to have a healthy relationship because the conversation just won't go anywhere. Um, and at that point, you know, deciding what boundary is needed. And um, we talk about this in our friendship series um, that um, sometimes there are dose friends. So you see them less frequently. Um, sometimes it's just really hurtful and harmful. And so the relationship needs to be to take a break. Um, and other times you can work through it. And that's the hope um, that by identifying these behaviors, you can call them out in the people that you serve uh, and work with and that you can have a real conversation and it can bring healing and even change. And so I just want to encourage you um, as you are leading um, beside your spouse as a church leader or as a woman in ministry and you're giving to these people and entering into these relationships that um, it doesn't have to be at the cost of your own peace. Um, relationships are meant to, to, to sharpen us, yes, but they're also here to create connection. So all for today, um, I know this is a lot of information. Check our show notes if you need to see it. Uh, if you um, want more information on this, feel free to reach out to me. You can email me. We can put my email in the show notes. Um, again, I just really touched on the top of these. I really want to give um, Cindy Lee props for putting this list together. It's such a helpful list to be able to name these. We start a new season in May. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so look for our next set of um, our next season begins, but our next um, set um, that we're going to be releasing is all about mental health and mental health and physical health. And so I'm excited about the month of May and what we have for you. Again, if you like what you're hearing, um, definitely, you know, subscribe, but thanks for joining us so much. And if you um, need anything, reach out to us. That's why we're here to offer you practical solutions for positive change. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Care to Change podcast, where we offer you practical solutions for positive change. We invite you to follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and YouTube to hear more about our conversation topics. Check out the show notes below to see resources mentioned in this episode. If you have any questions or would like additional information, please reach out to us on our care line at 317-979-7133 or email us at help at care2change.org. We thank you again and hope you will join us for more of our podcast conversations.